Hello, everyone, and welcome to At WCSU, the award-winning podcast that tells all the secrets at Western Connecticut State University. I'm Paul Steinmetz with engineer Pete Puccio, and today we're going to get all artsy. Pete, have you visited our two new statues in front of the Visual and Performing Arts Center? I've seen them as I walked by, but I've never gotten up close, and now having... You know, heard from the artist, I'm going to go up and take another look and perhaps even climb on one. (laughs) That would be very appropriate. (laughs) You know, we can't say they're warm and fuzzy because they're smooth and made out of bronze, but they do give you a warm feeling, probably if you climb on them especially. So as Pete said, we're talking today with Joy Brown, the artist who created them just for that spot in front of the Visual and Performing Arts Center. We will also bring you Dr. Rada Krell, who roams the halls of the Science Building and tells us everything that goes on in there in her segment, Science Beat. And of course, co-host Chantel Williams will join us with all the events fit to attend here on campus. Does that sound right to you, Pete? Yeah. You were paying attention and everything? This time. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Here is our artist, Joy Brown. Well, thanks for being with us today. And one of the things I noticed in your biography is that you spent a lot of time in Japan as a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that influenced your I, uh, your art, but also, I assume, your whole outlook on life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very profound influence. And um, I, I grew up in Japan. My father was a medical doctor mm. and started a hospital there in the early 50s. And so our family lived there about 25 years, and I um, was back in the States for college and studied art and ceramics, and then went back to Japan and became an apprentice in pottery for a couple, for one year at first. And this was a um, 13th generation potter in the village of Tamba, and it's an ancient pottery site where they've been doing pottery for like thousands of years. And it was um, a very rigorous kind of medieval-type apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. There was another apprentice, a Japanese man who was apprenticed before I was there. I mean, he was there at the same time. And he, um, it was a family business, and they, um, the instructions, you know, we basically helped in the studio all day. And then in the evening, we were allowed to go up into the studio and do our own practice. Mm-hmm. And the teacher put a little sake cup in front of me and the other apprentice and said, make this. And that's all the instruction we had verbally anyway, all year long. And we made little, we made thousands and thousands of these sake cups and never firing them. They would just um, dry out and we'd trim, learn to trim them. And it was um, such a profound, um, experience that has carried kind of affects everything I do now and it was um, kind of I mean not only are you learning the technical way to throw and um, you know the thickness of the cup the way the lip turns how to trim it the dryness the exact you know consistency it needs to be and but it was also training kind of intuitive connection to the clay Mm -hmm. like you didn't it wasn't coming from your head like it was like a it was like a year-long meditation in a way like you um you kind of all the thinking kind of drops away and it's just you 
and the clay and, you know, bringing your whole self to be present with it. And it wasn't a question of what you were making. It was the process you were participating in. And that, um, you know, that everything you make is a reflection of that um, presence, that spirit that you bring to the piece, to the process. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of what I've been doing ever since. And it was an extremely difficult year. I kind of squeaked out of there with like a a little emotional breakdown. Mm. Um, Went to another apprentice who was like a friend of a friend. And uh, I mean, I went to become an apprentice with him. And I was much more part of the family. And we learned everything like kiln building. And um, he um, was just beginning his studio, you know, as opposed to the other studio, which was like 13 generations. Mm -hmm. And um, he needed help. So if you could swing an axe or uh, move a ton of wood, you know, he needed your help. And so um, I kind of learned everything to do with clay from him. And he would, you know, he just loved clay. And we'd be up late into the night drinking sake and talking about the different effects of the firing on the pieces and um, him, you know, sharing his passion. It kind of, um, it kind of came over to got onto me, and um, it kind of became a way of life working with clay for me at that point. And I could see, um, feel that clay working with clay was a very grounding and centering thing for me. And um, so I've sort of just followed it um, all my life, and. Even now when I'm, you know, kind of unsettled or, um, you know, clay is just such a grounding thing to be your hands in clay, doing it, not thinking so much as just participating and touching it. And um, that's a long answer to your question. (laughs) No, it's very good. It's It's really, um, you've, uh, it is your life, it sounds like. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Being an artist, and the, especially mm-hmm. this type of uh, art, and really, yeah. the more I've learned about you in preparation for this podcast, the more I see w- the way you approach art and your um, the things that have influenced you. Uh, I see those now in your artwork too. It's interesting mm-hmm. to me that uh, uh, that can be expressed. It's not necessarily there the first time I looked at your mm-hmm. uh, sculptures, but uh, when I hear, learn more about you, I see those kinds of things in your work. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot from, um, especially this recent body of work, the large bronzes that, like the ones at Westcom. Mm-hmm. The um, it's been about 10 years that I've been making those, um, working in bronze and making large scale pieces for the past 10 years. And they, um, really like seeing them in New York city for my show on Broadway a a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And they, they really reflect, uh, um, a way 
of being like I would like to be more like mm. them. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're like a big kind of still calm and open presence sitting there, like in the middle of a busy you know street and um, people coming and going and doing their life. They're they're kind of there's like a surface feeling about them that they're like warm and friendly and people want to you know climb on them and stuff but mm -hmm. if there's then there's like a little deeper thing that I kind of couldn't really articulate until I saw them in the city and um that they kind of uh they're sort of like a, our witness self and mm. they hold a stillness even when people are not directly relating to them mm -hmm. you know it's so fun to see people like just going about their lives and the cars coming and going and that that big form just sitting there very still and watching kind of so they you know the people around the figure become part of the sculpture itself and mm -hmm. um, it's um it kind of ties into my own um practice of meditation and yoga and the importance of um stillness and silence and that's where um, all our creative impulses arise from, mm -hmm. and it's a constant struggle in this day and age to find that um, that place. Mm -hmm. And you concentrate on the faces of your sculptures. Uh, I've read uh, yeah. you put a lot of emphasis on that. Mm -hmm. They're um, a really critical part of the piece, and. Um, the I make I also you know most of my work is much smaller clay is my root material as I said but it's um, in any case whether it's the large bronzes or these small pieces the getting the eyes and the mouth in the exact right spot and um, the exact right size I mean it can be a hair larger or smaller and it looks kind of has a feeling of like nobody home. Mm -hmm. But once it's just right, it looks right at you. And there's like, it's like the spirit comes out of there. And um, with the large bronzes, like the ones at Westcom, it's, um, well, first of all, I'm working in a workshop in Shanghai mm -hmm. and making those pieces for 10 years. I go there a couple times a year and um, build a big plaster form that's exactly the shape of what you see in the bronze. And um, the piece is cut up into parts, like they always cut the head off and the arms off, and it's cast in bronze. And then <clears throat> the pieces are uh, welded back together, and I go and um, I'm a part of uh, working on the metal, like overseeing, you know, there's texture mm -hmm. at all the joints. You have to blend the textures and... Um, it's a very noisy, busy workshop, and I go out there like at 5 a.m. before anybody's there for like an hour, a couple hours to um, kind of commune with the piece. Mm -hmm. It comes back from the foundry with no face, no eyes and mouths cut out, and I'll um, place like little black pieces of paper kind of roughly shaped like the eye around, you know, to and look at it from you know, every possible angle and, um, over a day or two, then I'll, um, when I kind of get close, I'll 
mark the center of that spot, and then um, they'll help me drill through, and then I file it out little bit by little bit, looking at it, you know, a thousand times, getting up and down off of the scaffolding or whatever it is, and um, to get it just right. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, there's that saying, the eyes are the window into the soul, and Mm -hmm. it sort of feels like that with these pieces. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was a kid in Japan, my parents had a book of um, Haniwa, which is this Japanese... Um, ceramic tomb figure that was from a thousand years ago or something like that, 1,200 years ago. And they, um, these little figures would be buried with the warrior who died around the mound. And these figures have a cut-out eyes and mouth, kind of similar to mine, or mine are similar to theirs. Mm-hmm. And I always loved those as a kid, and I think that's also part of the influence in you know, just over the years that sort of evolved for me that kind of expression through just a simple hole for the eye and mouth. Mm-hmm. As you say, they're very simple. So people could walk by if they don't really pay attention and not really notice that uh, perhaps they're placed mm-hmm. exactly where they are, where you intended them to be, and that they do evoke something instead of just being mm-hmm. punched through. So do people have to yeah. pay attention to your art? Uh, as you said, you can sit on them, you can hang out with them. What do you? Uh, what kind of interaction do you uh, want people to have with it? Um, I love it when people are, <clears throat> you know, hanging out on them and um, or kids climbing them and <clears throat> they're. Um, um, but sometimes that I've noticed it's sort of. Um, some people don't see beyond that in a way, like, you know, maybe some people think like, oh, they're, they're cute or Mm -hmm. that's the worst thing to say to an artist, (laughs) your work is cute. (laughs) But, um, they certainly have that quality, like a warm and friendliness, Mm -hmm. but there's this deeper part that I was saying about uh, that they're, um, kind of a stillness that they hold a big space of quiet and stillness that um, is amplified when you have, you know, people walking along the sidewalk right beside them and busy about their lives. If you're watching the people going around them, just doing their lives and not paying any attention to them, even it's like this big still presence, like, like watching, just watching. Mm -hmm. And, I think we all kind of have that place in ourselves that is just, um, it's kind of, it's like above, it's like transcendent and it watches, you know, it's sitting there now watching me talking to you and, you know, just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, something we need to be reminded of or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my work has, um, I was trained as a potter and when I came back to the States, you know, that's what I was, how I was making my living, like making cups and bowls and mugs and selling them and paying my rent and stuff. And gradually, well, when somewhere in there, these little puppet, I was just playing with clay and these little puppet heads started to kind of pop out. And mm-hmm. they're like little, it's like a little ceramic head. And um, 
I sewed like a little skirt on it and you could put your hand in there and make it do things like a puppet. And people, I just made them for fun and people started to like notice those. And I, um, they kind of drew me in and more and more I made them. And um, then they turned into kind of more animal form and very crude um, human form, like with big clunky hands and feet. And so over the 40 years that I've been doing this, it um, they've gradually, those little puppet heads evolve into the figures that I make. Mm. Um, um, influences along the way, you know, like I love um, pre-Columbian sculpture, mm -hmm. like the ceramic pieces that um, they're just a wonderful, um, they were somewhere ceremonial and then um, Henry Moore and all those things kind of sift through into your awareness, all the things you love and comes out in this work. And um, it's sort of an organic evolution. It's, you know, so much is about um, conceptual art in this day and age and, you know, thinking about what you're going to make or how experiment, you know, what can be an experimental thing or you don't want to be, um, copying somebody else. And, um, but this kind of tradition or the school of training that I came from was based in, you know, basically you copy that form of your teacher. Mm -hmm. And if you copy, if you make it over and over and over and over thousands of times, it will become your own, your own voice will emanate through that form mm -hmm. and um, kind of like your signature. You know, we all learn to like write our signature on those little lines when we're a little kid, you know, mm -hmm. J-O and then the Y goes down below the line. And then as you sign your name thousands and thousands of times, it turns into something else. It becomes more you or, um, and it's not a thinking thing. It's just like a being and doing. And um, I feel like my work is kind of coming from that just over many years, making those puppet heads transformed into the animals and humans. And um, I still make pots. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a different approach from conceptual art. And, and I can see how it would come from the clay because you put, that's part of the artistic process, right? You put yourself into it. Your hands are in it. You're actually yeah. physically a part of it for a yeah. lot of the process. Yeah. And you and have, we, um, go ahead. Oh, well, um, <clears throat> another kind of major part of my ceramic work is, or actually it affects the bronzes too, is um, my teacher, both teachers were firing with a wood firing tunnel kiln. And it's a different process. There's no glaze put on the pieces. So um, the firing itself is the um, decorating, if you want to put it that way, Mm -hmm. um, aspect the it's a so I built when I came to my studio here in Connecticut in Kent I built a 30 foot long um, tunnel kiln and it's about four feet wide and about four feet tall and we um, a, at once a year we fire this kiln and it takes about eight days to fire day and night 24 7 and we go on like six hour shifts and then towards the end when it's really hot and you have to pay attention closely. It's like 12 hour shifts with ceram other ceramic artists. And 
it's um, the effects on the clay are um, well. First of all, the clay that I've chosen to work with, um, I researched when I came back from Japan a clay that I could resonate with that I like to touch, mm-hmm. and came up with this clay that's from Georgia, and um, that clay fires so beautifully in the back two thirds of this wood firing tunnel kiln, and it's um, just a kind of a soft, the clay color and the soft dusting of ash on the pieces just give a beautiful um, presence to the piece. And in the front part of the kim, all the other people who I work with love um, the effects of the front of the kiln are much more ash, like dripping down or crusty, mm-hmm. um, coals kind of stuck to the pieces. And um, so it kind of works out to work with those other artists and it's a wonderful I mean I've been doing this for like 40 some seven years been firing these wood kilns and it's such a a cool thing you have to come visit (laughs) when we're firing and it's um it's kind of like we all often most of us work alone or Mm. um you know doing our artwork alone and this brings it's like a crossroads for all so many creative people and energies and uh, we treasure this time together and some people like elders who've been firing with mm-hmm. me for like 30 years come and they're not actually helping you know with the rigorous putting the wood in the kiln part but she'll bring pots and then um we'll put them in the kiln and she'll bring a fabulous dinner towards mm-hmm. the end of the firing mm-hmm. or, um anyway it's a, a really wonderful part of what we do. It sounds incredible. It takes a week to fire and then constantly uh, stoking it and then a week to cool down, right? Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Towards the end of the firing for a day or two, we're putting wood in the kiln every like seven, eight, 10 minutes Mm. for like 40 hours. (laughs) And um, a lot to be aware of, you know, what, what's happening in the kiln. And it's just, it's a, ongoing it's like a marriage in a way you you know the firing the clay the what you're making out of the clay all like gradually grows together over many years and awareness and it takes a communal awareness like i couldn't remember my the whole process myself you i can't do it myself mm-hmm. so it's um pulls in other people and um actually um about 20 years ago, 1998, a colleague, um, a mentor to me, he could kind of see um, into this process and see what we were doing with the firing. And he was encouraging me to start a nonprofit organization to bring people together in the arts. And um, I was like, no, no, I don't do, you know, I've never been a part of any organization. And um, but in the end, I realized that's what we were doing, first of all, with aspiring and also in many other ways. And um, we formed, he and I formed Still Mountain Center, which is a um, nonprofit arts organization to bring people together in in the arts through like exchange, you know, both artistic exchange, like locally and mm-hmm. also internationally. We've hosted exhibitions and um, gather people together in creative ways involved with the arts from ki- workshops with kids or workshops with psychologists or 
um, in clay, and um, it's a wonderful um, gathering of people. We all need help to go to that creative place in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And whether you're just beginning to touch there or you've been doing it all your life, we need support to nudge us to that creative edge. And life is so full and um, rich when we can live out of that creative live, alive place. Yes. I think it's wonderful that you've uh, got the studio where you help others um, experience that and that you've been experiencing it so long and that you've shared your uh, sculpture with us here, your permanent installation here at Westcon. It's uh, nice and comforting to walk by when I'm out there. And Mm. uh, it's a thrill to have them there. (laughs) (laughs) It's thrilling for us, too. Mm. And your website, you. if people want to find out more, they can go to joybrownstudio.com. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And come visit. Yeah. <laughs> come visit me in Kent, Connecticut. It's um, always fun to show people around. And um, yeah. You like people to let you know before they come, right? Just drop you a note. Yeah. Please give me a call. I might not be here. Yeah. Might be at the dump or something. <laughs> <laughs> Picking up stuff at the right. dump. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking your time to be with us today. I really oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you. It's always a, um, a pleasure to be reminded of all the cool things we're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, to sh- let, share with us. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll look for you when I come down to Westcon the next time. That would be great. Be I'm here. Okay. Yeah, let me know. We'll connect. That would be yeah, fun. Thank you. Thanks, Joy. Bye. Mm, bye bye. In the science building, especially in the biology department, they deal with a lot of guts. Scientists call them intestines. <laughs> and we'll hear more about that from Dr. Rada Krell in today's Science Beat. So very early in the semester in the anatomy and physiology classes, uh, the students uh, get right into understanding um, major systems of the body, and they start with the circulatory system and the digestive tract. And uh, in order to do that and to, to really understand uh, these systems, they uh, do a rat dissection. And as part of that, one of usually the highlights for the students is really understanding um, how large the small intestine is. <laughs> the small intestine is, of course, um, where so much of our nutrient uh, absorption happens. And so we need a lot of surface area for that. And most people probably remember that this is uh, an organ that is is kind of bundled um, inside the, the human body or inside the body of animals. And so as part of that activity, um, when the students get to that portion of the dissection, they unravel the small intestine and they get to measure it and see how long it is. And so in this you know, approximately um, eight to 10 uh, inch long rat, they soon discover almost three, three feet plus of small intestine. So it's a very impactful way to bring that uh, idea home that uh, this is a very important organ within the bodies of animals.
And now, recorded live in the basement of White Hall, co-host Chantel Williams. Hello. Hi, Chantel. <laughs> How's it going? I, it's going well. Nice to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. You missed last week, of yes. course. And that was kind of, uh, you know, Pete and I handled it, but it was a little rough. I know, ha- I handled know. might be overstated. <laughs> <laughs> we were present. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm back now with all of the good news. That's and, good. Yeah. So let's hop. Well, I had news, so I wanted to save it for the podcast. Yes. So, as you guys know, I usually get um, most of the events that's happening on WCSU from Instagram or if you guys, you know, send in the flyers or um, mostly from the WOW. So, um, we recently met with Birta, which is one of the um, executive like board members who run the WOW. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of students, myself, along with a couple of my um, staff at in the um, Office of Intercultural Student Affairs, and two other students we met with her this past week, and she just wanted to get our opinion on, like, the WOW and how things are and things like that. The WOW is a weekly newsletter that Yes, the weekly newsletter that you kind of get, that you get. Um, You may think it's like spam, but it says WOW. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea is that students will, um, you know, open the link and read the events that's going on and things like that. But um, as you know, some students don't utilize it as much as the, you know it should be. So she just wanted to get our opinion as to, as students to see, you know, what can we do to grab the attention of WCSU students. So um, we came up with a lot of good ideas. So the Wow is going to be revamped. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's going to be rolled out pretty soon, and we're going to try a different approach. So um, we're going to keep this same format, but. The initial attention grabber is going to be like a flyer Hmm. with a list of like maybe like the top 10 events of the week. Now, this is to entice clubs to send in their information. And if you have an event that you feel like you really want to, you know, broadcast and show, um, this is what you want to get on. You want to get on this flyer because it's going to be the first thing WCSU students see. Because, you know, we don't like to read. um, And we just like everything like instant and in our face. And we like to take like screenshots, you know, flyers and stuff like that so we can just have it. So we just said, like, have, like, an initial flyer, and then if they want to have more information of other events or just more information on the event that they would like to attend, you could click on the link, and that would be provided as well. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good, um, like, it, it was a really good discussion, and we just, like, brainstormed some ideas. We heard a lot of different opinions and things like that, but that was, like, the initial, like, um, the final conclusion. So I'm excited to see how it, it comes out. And yeah. Hope, When's yeah, that going to happen? Um, I, that's what I'm not sure about. I know she's trying to get it done soon, so it might just be um, the next WOW, because um, mm. I know she sends out the WOW every Thursday. So uh, well, I guess we'll see. But I know it's happening pretty soon, because she wants to like really like you know get it out there and get it rolling and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, we talked about that. We talked about using the WCSU app as well mm. to um, look up game schedules and look up events as well so we really want to try to get students you know more involved using like you know the resources that are available to them and just make it so that it's more suitable for um the students so yeah it was it was nice to um hear and i think it's going to be really good um so yeah it, just be on the lookout for that don't like be so quick to like not look at it because i know a lot of you guys like like to hear about the events you always want to know what's going on so this is what's 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 happening yeah <laughs> so right there is stuff going on on campus here, yes. and it is interesting, and there yeah. is stuff that can engage you. Yes. So all of that will be on the well. And then again, uh, the clubs, just make sure that you, you know, send beer to your information and just make sure that, um, you know, if you want to make sure you get in that slot, then just make sure you send it in ahead of time. So we're, we're hoping, like, it just, you know, propels it so it can be, like, more popularized and that we can be able to really utilize it. Yeah. So, yeah. And you're involved in about half the things that will be on that flyer, right? Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's it. If I'm not like actually like a part of the planning process, it's either me attending it or whatever the case may be. So um, so probably like the first one, like for example, you know, Pack Bingo is a big event. Mm-hmm. So that will probably be broadcast on like the flyer along with something else. You know, they just had stuff a plush, and then if there's a trip going on, and then we have Black History Month um, events going on. That will all be on the initial flyer. So you can just take a screenshot of that. Okay, I'm interested in going to this event. When is it? What time? I need more information. What exactly we're going to be doing? And that's when you can click on the overall wow and you'll yeah. have that information. So I think it's really good. That's yeah. cool. And it'll be a lot easier for me as well. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's it's really good. So a lot of new things happening. Yeah. That's so. great. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that um, since, it, you know, it has something to do with it the is pa- news, podcast. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and our podcast will be um, broadcast as well because I know, like, usually you scroll down to the bottom of the wow and you'll see the podcast. But we're going to try to get ourselves more elevated in there. So I'm going to try to get us on the front page. That's great. Yes. So you talked about that, too. Yes. Excellent. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot. Of, it was a good discussion. We had pizza. So that was always mm. good. Um, and it was just nice to hear everything else that's going on. So. That's I think my colleague to. Sherry Hill was in that meeting yes, too. Yes, yes, she was. Yes, well, was she? And because um, she works in the publication, yeah, she works yeah. in the publication. So yeah, she was just telling me all this information that I didn't know. And as a club president, I wish I would have known this like a long time ago about like <laughs> publicizing the events mm-hmm. and like things that she's able to do, especially if it's like not just for WCSU students, but for everyone. Like she can help with a lot of stuff. So I said, oh, she's about to hear like see me a lot because like I didn't know she could help me like with this much. And she said, yeah, like come down and um and I'll help you like broadcast your event so also utilize her as well um because she's a good resource for clubs especially mm-hmm. like for club officers and things like that Great. so yeah so i learned a lot of good things from this um yeah <laughs> from this meeting so yeah i just wanted to share that and so now um i'm going to share the clubs that are listed on the well and a couple of other ones that we have coming up so this week is valentine's day mm. you know do you have anything planned yeah <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what day it is? <laughs> Do you know when Valentine's Day is? It's Friday. <laughs> oh, I good. Know. Okay. <laughs> See? Okay. That's good. So there is, um, there's going to be a sale in case you want to get your chocolate covered strawberries early. Um, there's going to be a sale Thursday, um, February the 13th. And it's make your loved ones and yourself very happy. That's cute. Um, <laughs> with a box of chocolate covered strawberries from the Delta Gamma Phi sorority. Um, and it's from 11 a.m. to 2.30 in Haas Library. And it's um, strawberries are four for five with a portion of proceeds going to the Ann's Place. So I think that's going to be really nice. nice. So um, chocolate covered strawberries and you have them nice and fresh for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's Thursday the 13th. So that's nice. Um, and then, as you know, it's Black History Month. So there's a couple of Black History Months going on. Um, the first one that's kicking off is Sodexo. And they're having an ultimate chicken and waffles lunch and dinner. So... You can go to the Student Center on on Westside and Midtown um, between 11 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. starting this week. Um, And it's rolling over. I believe it's going to be on the kiosk for the whole month. Um, So you can order chicken and waffles, which is really good. They did a really good job with it last year, and I know they did it again this year. So, Yeah, so I'm adding some, like, cultural things in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Um the WCSU basketball teams are having games. Um and this is Saturday, February the 15th. Um the women's basketball game is 1 p.m. and the men's basketball game starts at 3. Um and it's versus UMass Dartmouth. Mm. So that should be a good game. I'm not sure of the record. I'm not sure, but I think they're doing well. And it's also the senior night, I, I believe. Yeah, well, senior night's yes. always fun. Yeah. Lots so of I crying. I, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's always it's always a good time. So I think that um yeah, I believe it's senior night, so you can go out and support the seniors for their last senior night game. I don't know for the it's it's not really senior night though. If the game is one p.m. and then the other one That's is at true. three, so it's not, senior brunch. Senior brunch. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, you can go out and support um, those, uh, you know, the games as well. I mean, it's always nice to see a basketball game. Um, and then there's some other Black History Month events brought to you by the Black Social Workers. I mean, you know, a little yeah, biased because you, you know, yes. <laughs> so um, we are having a game night, uh, February the 19th, which is a Wednesday, 7 p.m. to 8:30 um, p.m. Midtown Student Center um, 201. So that's upstairs in the Student Center, and there will be food. And the game night consists of like trivia questions for Black History Month, so you mm. can have a chance to win a self care basket. Um, men and women, so it's kind of wow. like body wash stuff, maybe some sprays, maybe like it's just self care stuff. So that's always good. And then you have a chance to win a twenty five dollar gift card, mm. um, in like raffle form, so you can get entered into the raffle. And then we also have a paint party coming up February the twenty fourth, seven to nine p.m. Midtown Student Center, room two hundred one. So it's all of our events is happening in room two hundred one. So, <laughs> so that's fun as well. And we have like a, actually an artist coming in to um, sketch some like landscape stuff. So um, that and centers around, how. yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really know. Like I can call, you know, I can you know do the colors, but mm-hmm. as far as like doing the actual shapes and stuff, that's not me. So we're gonna have somebody come in, and all of these events are free. So cool. Yeah. Are they both in the evening? Yes, so the game night one starts at 7, and the paint party one, yes, they both start at 7. Um, we try to have it, like, after, because I know students may have late classes, mm-hmm. you know, so we try to have it maybe around 7, 8 o'clock, um, so we can just be inclusive of all students. But then we also try to have um, some early um, events, kind of, for those who are commuters and, you know, um, may and their day early and don't want to like stay so we, we try to just change the time it's kind of it's tricky though because yeah. we have our own schedule so like <laughs> we're trying to like okay so what's what works because you know we try to mostly do our events monday and wednesdays because this is when we're actually on campus um tuesdays and thursdays are reserved for like our internship day so it's kind of hard but we're just trying to be inclusive of everything and mm-hmm. uh, try to just be diverse and so we wanted to bring um and all of it is like black history month thing so even the paint party is going to be like um like black landscape, like um, like a, like an Africa landscape and things like cool. that. So try mm-hmm. to center around the theme. Um, in the game night, it's fun trivia night, but you're, you're also being educated on different things. Like not the not the um typical black like black history that you may hear. It's like undercover, maybe undercover stories that you didn't know, really? inventions and things like that. So we try to just spice it up a bit. And like, so it's gonna be hard to win. Then. Yes, yes. <laughs> we're gonna have some easy ones, you know, but then we're just gonna throw a little, you know, a little. Oh, I didn't know that. So like you can come out saying, oh, I had no idea, you know, like about that. So that's what we're trying to do. Cool. And then we're gonna end it off with a do rag and bonnet party. Do you know what? It- I had no idea. So a durag is something that guys or females wear, and um, it's to protect your hair. Um, oh, a durag. And, yes, and then a bonnet is like the female version. Like you put it, like I have my bonnet, and it's just like something that you cover up. And it's popular within the black culture, the African American culture. So we're having a party, and it's just see where you do it. I like this because I don't have to do my hair, so I can just put my <laughs> bonnet on, and I can just go have a good time. So that's that's always good, and that ties into like a hair study that we're doing as well. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> so how is a bonnet different than a do-rag? Okay, so the bonnet is like, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's like a big, like, 
like I don't know how to describe it. Let's it's not see. as tight as a do rag. No, a do rag you tie. A bonnet mm-hmm. is already like you don't have to tie it. You yeah. just slip it on and it's like done. Mm. A do rag you have to like tie it around right. and you make it tight. But the bonnet you just slip it on. You put your hair under and then you go. So it's like a, it's like kind of like a loose hat. Mm-hmm. And a do rag is like a, a cap. So like, like, if that right. makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it's a, okay, a bonnet is like a hood, uh-huh. and a do rag is like a cap. So like, I don't know. <laughs> So you'll be all different colors and stuff. Yeah, like so we're hoping to get all different colors, and we're gonna hand out some um, bonnets and stuff. So cool. that it should be fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know to just have a good time and end off Black History Month, and then you know prepare for Women's History Month, which is in March. So yeah. I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of um, events geared towards women history. We should and celebrate that, and then also in leading up to April is Intercultural Awareness Month, which is wow. Um, yeah, so it's yeah all these themes. So. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> and about the hair study yes. that you're doing, right? Yeah. Did you get approval from that committee that uh... Yes, the IRB. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we got approval and so the focus group is now in effect. Um so our we're having our first focus group in March. I will have more information um next week. Um, and so the focus group, there we are going to hand out. We're going to have food and things because we want you to participate, and that's mm-hmm. a good incentive. Food, like students, always love food, mm-hmm. so it's free, and it's just a discussion. We're going to have certain questions and um, just an open discussion. That's all. So it's um, just your experience. If you would like to share your experience, like regarding like hair and your personal journey, and if you ever been discriminated against because of your hair or whatever the case may be, um, we would love to hear it because mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. So we're just going to comprise all of that data um and then that's what we will be presenting at the conference so. cool mm-hmm. so we'll hear more about that here on yes the podcast, you're gonna hear right? yeah you're gonna hear a lot more especially once the focus groups you know get mm-hmm. um started and we actually start looking at the data um as of now we're collecting um like different articles mm-hmm. um that are happening now so like around the, like i don't know if you heard about the young boy that um couldn't graduate because of his dreads. Yeah. And so he was invited to the Oscars and the um by the by uh I forgot the creators, but they created this little short story about, about hair. hair. Right? Yeah, yeah, and they end up winning. And so he was able to go on stage with them and, and, and do that. So we saved that article and it was like a couple other articles that are happening hmm. now about hair you know, hair discrimination and things like that. So um yeah, it's it's starting to become more popularized and and kind of talked about more. So we mm-hmm. just wanna, you know, dig in and see. Um, yeah, yeah that'll it. be great. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's 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 exciting. There's a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of good things gonna, that's going to come from that. So. Yeah, it's real research. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this is aside from my class. This has nothing to do with class. It so doesn't. this is just the extra thing that we're doing. And um, but it's always something positive that will come out of it. So you doing it for the uh, seminar or the workshop you're going to? Yes. The... So this study. Um, so as of, I don't know if you. I think I talked about it last Mm -hmm. year on the podcast, my experience in Atlanta um, going to the National Black Social Workers Conference. So we actually are returning to that conference. It's in Detroit this year. And um, we actually got picked to present. So we are Mm -hmm. presenting three research projects. This is only one. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have two others, one on self-care and one on the um, mass incarceration and mental health regarding that. Um, So... Yeah, it's it's different students um, that are presenting. I'm presenting on the hair one, and then like uh, some of my other peers are presenting on the other ones. So this is like a big accomplishment for us because we were just freshly new. Um, we're the only BSWA um, like uh, students that are there and that are actually presenting. Yeah. So um, we're trying to just you know make an an effect like and just get our 
stuff out there and just try to um you know make a lasting impression mm-hmm. so yeah that's so. excellent yeah uh no wonder you're busy yeah right <laughs> <laughs> i know I, honestly you know it's it's exciting though because I, it's just something new and like something i wouldn't have expect to um like do mm-hmm. you know especially regarding hair like i you know i i love my hair but i never really thought about it like in that way mm-hmm. so to do this study i think it's really yeah good so yeah yeah. It's all due to WestCon, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, like, when I come back from the conference, I'll be able to, like, share my experience. And maybe I can have, like, my other, like, um, peers up here and they can share yeah. the experience about, you know, just presenting, getting over that. Because, you know, you, they're, they're going to be looking at us. Because when we was at the conference, there was this was, like, you know, people well-established in their careers. Mm-hmm. And here we are. We're just literally just getting our degrees. So we're just, you know, it's going to be interesting. But it, it'll be fun. So. Yeah. Yeah, we can share our experience. I think it's going to be good. Last year, a lot of people didn't know where Connecticut was, right? No, they this really, they yeah, will. they didn't know. <laughs> this year, this year they, they will. So, mm-hmm. yeah, last year they were like, really? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're from there. But now this year, I feel like they will know. And then once we present, um, I feel like our, our research is going to be phenomenal. So um, I think we will definitely make a lasting impression. And I feel like from that point on they're going to be expecting us to come back every year so and that's the goal so <laughs> other students so, yes right? other students yes myself I, I will go but like not like and i don't know like in this setting anymore no but mm-hmm. i will encourage other students to continue on and keep going so yeah yeah you'll yes. be a graduate student next yes year. yes so i will be going as an official social worker this time mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah yes. that'll be cool yeah so that would be awesome so good all yes. right that's it right yeah Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, and we'll see you next week, right? Yes. We're right. going to spread love. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, that was so much better than us. It was much better. <laughs> it was much better. Yeah. Let's just go back and cut us <laughs> from that last week's. Chantel, never miss a day again. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about the weather? It's been beautiful outside. Uh, sure. <laughs> it's been beautiful outside, and uh, it's the middle of February, so we know we're going to get slammed at some point. Yeah, it makes me crazy. <laughs> I wait all year for it to be cold, and it's just gross spring weather now. Yeah, exactly. But Still without the, the joy of spring, it's just the exactly wetness of spring. <laughs> I, don't know. I did hear a bird sing this morning. Really? Yeah. Huh. So that was nice. But, you know, students remember that you're going to get a lot of inside time Soon, like probably in March, maybe in even April, when it the na- nature comes back to bury us. Yeah, we had a year like that recently. I remember where it was really mild, and then late, we just get crushed. Yeah, and of course, it's the end of the semester, towards the end, and the professors go crazy because they haven't taught everything they need to teach, and make you come to class on Saturdays. <laughs> Snow on spring break, and right. <laughs> Maybe we'll cancel spring break because there'll be so much snow. Perfect. Let's do it. Let's make that call. Yeah, because you and I have to work anyway. (laughs) Exactly. To hell with that. (laughs) All right. All right. Thank you, Pete, for doing your engineering job. Yeah, sure. Thanks to Scott Volpe for producing. You can download all the episodes of this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you go for your podcasts. Please listen every week and feel free to leave a review. You can also email a comment to podcasts at wcsu.edu and we will read some of them during a show. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. For Chantel Williams, this is Paul Steinmetz with At WCSU.